Hello, welcome back to How About That Crypto. You're watching your daily crypto news and updates with your host, Bitcoin Stylist on Twitter and Bitcoin Hairstylist on Instagram. I'm here Monday through Friday and I explain crypto and Web3 while keeping you up to date on all the latest. Today's news stories are Coinbase fights against surveillance laws being voted on in the EU tomorrow. One of the largest crypto heists to date saw 600 million US dollars worth of crypto stolen. And big question is, are sanctions causing US in dollar inflation? What does all this mean? Not to worry, I'll explain it all. But first, if you like or don't like the content, please let me know by leaving a comment below. If you're listening on podcast, please give me five stars or follow me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button and ring the bell. It helps support the channel and it doesn't cost you anything. Just to be clear and litigious, this is not financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. You can use the links below to do your own research. Okay. My prayers continue to go out to the Ukrainian people and all those affected by this war. Hopefully this sooner is over sooner than later. Now, let's get into the news. Coinbase is the largest and publicly traded U.S.-based crypto exchange. They have been expanding into other markets and operate in the EU. The transfer of funds regulation proposed by the EU is to be voted on tomorrow. Coinbase has asked for public assistance in fighting this measure. What are the facts? All right, I'm going to share my screen here. And if you're listening on podcast, please, uh, you can click on the links below if you want to check out what I'm sharing. All right, here we go. All right. Author Ronaldo Marquez reports for Bitcoinist how Coinbase attempts to stop an increase in surveillance from EU regulators. EU regulators seem to have decided they do not care for the arguments in crypto's favor that say crypto is completely transparent. The transactions are on an immutable blockchain. And no one can change these transactions, not banks, not not crypto companies, not governments, thus making crypto transactions easier to trace and easier to examine. Now, I want to read something here for you. I have an excerpt. Okay, let's see. Furthermore, regulators and government authorities, as they have proven recently across the world, have access to research and tools that facilitate the tracking of crypto transactions, thus Digital assets intrinsically deter criminals from carrying out their operations on the blockchain. Coinbase's chief legal officer added, if you care about protecting the privacy of individuals and focusing the law on solutions that actually address legitimate concerns about the illicit use of digital assets, now is the time to speak up and be heard. We must speak with one strong voice against the proposal before it's too late. Now, the author links out to the Coinbase official site. I want to read something for you. All right. And I got right here. Okay. So this is on Coinbase's site. All the links are below. For example, all crypto transactions. Okay. So this says, um, rather than embracing the le and leveraging the benefits that arise from increasing use of digital assets, the EU's proposal would cast them aside and impose a host of new privacy sanctions, or sorry, of new privacy invasions on wallet users. For example, all crypto transactions will deemed travel rule eligible. I've talked about this before, and this means crypto is treated differently to fiat, which establishes a clear advantage for traditional 
financial services providers over new technology with significant anti-competition and anti-innovation implications. Amongst the worst of the proposed provisions and our new obligations on exchanges to collect, verify, and report information on non-customers using self-hosted wallets. For instance, one provision requires exchanges to not only collect personal data about wallet users who are not their customer, but to also verify the data's accuracy before allowing a transfer to one of their customers. <clears throat> In fiat terms, this would basically mean you cannot take money out of your bank account to send to someone else until you share personal data with your financial institution about that other person and verify their identity. Not only is this verification requirement nearly impossible to do, but requiring exchanges to ex engage in extensive data collection, verification, and retention about non-customers runs against core EU data protection principles of data minimization and proportionality. What do you think about all that? Basically, they're saying that crypto exchanges are going to have to know every single person who deals with all of their customers, even non-customers, but that is not a rule in the traditional banking system. So where do they get off? Anyway, I have discussed this before. Europe has a different approach to due process than the US. They, I'm not really sure they have due process. It's like not the same. Let's just put it that way. And if you're from Europe, please leave a comment below and, uh, and let us know what type of due process you have. But this to me sounds like illegal search and seizure. All right. And violation of due process clause. Now, all that aside, uh, we need to make sure that we fight against this type of regulation. This is straight up surveillance. And really, it's a de facto. I mean, they're shutting down the industry in a way. Um, actually, so 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 South Korea has a rule that says all host self-hosted wallets the technology has to, uh, you have to verify the data. So this is not very different from South Korea. And so, you know, maybe you can check my, my comments and leave a comment below. I'm going to move on. All right. So I still think that this is a little too much. I also think it's not necessary. Uh, Europeans, how do you feel about this? Europe has prided itself on privacy rules like fighting a back against big tech. Google and Facebook have suffered big fines and have, have been forced to implement changes to their tech to comply with stricter privacy rules. This stuff sounds like the exact opposite. As a matter of fact, it sounds like China, straight up surveillance state. Let me know your thoughts. If you want to voice your opinion, please contact your respective representatives in parliament and whatever other rule makers there are. The EU system I know is different from the US, so reach out and take action now. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think about this, and I am moving on. All right, here we go. Author Olga Karif reports on Bloomberg, hackers steal about $600 million in one of the biggest crypto heists. Ronin Network says thieves took Ether USDC tokens on March 23rd. Bridge hacks can threaten the ecosystem of decentralized apps. And don't worry if you don't know what all that means, I'm going to explain it right now. The Ronin blockchain supports the game Axie Infinity. I have talked about Axie Infinity before. I have played around with the game in the past. I suck at it, 
but the thought I thought it was cool that you could earn crypto while playing. They have multiple tokens. One token is a governance token, which allows its holders to vote on changes to the game and the ecosystem, etc. One token you earn in the game, and another token is used for transactions. So there's three tokens, government, in-game, and a transaction token. Also, the game consists of little furry creatures that you use to battle other players with. You have to buy your players to compete in battles if you want to earn tokens. The Ronin blockchain, which houses all of these tokens, to is a side chain connected to Ethereum. So think of like a little, a little like branch off of Ethereum. In layman's terms, if you want to buy, sell, trade in the Axie Infinity game, you have to transfer Ether or USDC onto the Ronin blockchain. In order to do this, you have to use a so-called bridge. The founder of Ethereum, Vitalik Buterin, Buterin, sorry, Vitalik Buterin, had sounded the alarm on these bridges for being vulnerable to hacks, which then has you've seen we've seen more and more of these hacks since he said so. The way it works is you deposit your ETH or your USDC into the Ronin bridge, and the bridge gives you a similar asset in your Ronin wallet so you can use them on the Ronin blockchain. Basically, it sounds to me like an escrow account or a bank that exchanges the tokens for synthetic versions. They hold on to those tokens. So you got all these tokens sitting in this bridge. When you want to cash out, you have to take your synthetic coins, deposit them back in the bridge, and then the Ethereum-based tokens get deposited back in your wallet. So basically, you go to the bank, you give them your coin, they hold on to it, they give you a synthetic version to use on the other side, and then when you're going to go back onto the Ethereum network, you go back to the bank and then they give you the, the original tokens or whatever the exchange is. Now, this is very similar layman's terms. If you're a computer scientist, please leave a comment below and correct me if I am wrong. Okay, now that you got an intro to how it all works, let's get on with the story. I want to read, let's see. Uh, computers known as nodes operated by Axie Infinity maker Sky Mavis and the Axie DAO that support a so-called bridge. Software that helps, that lets people convert tokens into ones that can be used on another network were attacked, with the hacker draining what's known as the Ronin Bridge of 173,600 173, Ether and 25.5 million USDC tokens in two transactions. The breach happened on March 23rd, but was only discovered Tuesday, according to, the, to Ronin, the blockchain that supports Axie Infinity. The attack is the latest to show that bridges are often ripe with problems. The computer code of many isn't audited, allowing for hackers to exploit vulnerabilities. It's often clear, it's often unclear who runs them and exactly how. Identifies identities of validators who are supposed supposed to order transactions on bridges are often shrouded in mystery. And yet there are thousands of bridges out there and they move hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto. I cannot believe that they got hacked and it took six days. That is crazy. I had a debate with someone over nodes and I will be doing some research for an explainer video on nodes in the future, but check this out. This is also an excerpt from this article. In this case, the issue was that the bridge was highly centralized. The theft came as a result of someone hacking the validator nodes of the Ronin Bridge, said Tom Robinson, co-founder of Elliptic. 
Funds can be moved out of the bridge if five of the nine validators approve it. The hacker managed to get hold of the private cryptographic keys belonging to five of the validators, so that was enough to seal crypto assets. Do not ever give anyone your private keys. Now, how did they get a hold of them? Well, it sounds like they just had it. They had programs where people gave out their private keys. I mean, it says managed to get hold of them. Didn't say that he hacked individual. He didn't hack those private keys. Anyway, so now the point here is that bridges are vulnerable. All right. That's the biggest point. The question is, what is sufficient decentralization in terms of nodes? Like how many nodes or computers running these running this validation of transactions should there be? That, you know, that is a big question. Will We will continue to learn together on these points and questions. These are still the early days and more, and the more stuff this happens, the more safe they will be. By the time we get to mass adoption of this technology and people are using it in really big ways, stuff like this will have gone through a lot of trial by fire. This system is being brought up in the midst of increasing cyber attacks, which was prompted, which has prompted more and more focus on security. I am optimistic, but feel for anyone who lost money and the team at Sky Mavis. The best part of all of this is in this excerpt right here. Weebu, who, Wubi, 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 H-U, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Let's see, it's right here. H-U-O-B-I, Weebi, Hubi. <laughs> anyway, they tweeted that it would fully support Axie Infinity in the aftermath of the attack. Sam Bankman-Fried, who runs the FTX cryptocurrency exchange, said in an email that it would assist on the blockchain forensics. Binance Holdings and OKX issued similar statements, with Binance also saying it's working with certain law enforcement agents on potential leads without giving details, which means the community is getting together and saying, we're not going to stand by and let this happen. That is a very good sign because we do all need to work together to make sure not only are bad actors punished, People are made whole, but also we need to make this system safe so people will use it. They will not use it otherwise. What are your thoughts? Please leave a comment below. I'd be curious to hear from you. What do you think about this? And I am moving on to my last story of the day. All right. Our last story is something that I've been discussing for a while. Is inflation increasing due to sanctions? Well, the less people who want dollars, the more their purchasing power will drop. That is Econ 101. To be clear, I am not against sanctions. I am not arguing against them. They seem to be effective. I am just talking about whether or not I should hedge against inflation at an increased rate due to sanctions potentially speeding up these things. If sanctions are causing inflation, I will just hedge by buying more hedge assets, okay? And the question is, what are those assets? And that's why I brought this up because a lot of people have made the argument that crypto can be used to hedge, especially Bitcoin, against inflation. So the question is, is this going, is this a thing? So check this out. Author Karen Bertel reports for Reuters analysis. As sanctions weaponize US dollars, some treasury buyers could fall back. I want to read this. For you here, U.S. sanctions against Russia should hasten a move by some countries to reduce their reliance on U.S. dollar. 
which could also soften demand for treasuries, just as the Federal Reserve, the largest holder of U.S. debt, looks to cut bond holdings. And the story continues. The dollar is the world's top reserve currency, and that analysts say using it as a financial weapon is likely to accelerate move already underway by many countries to diversify investments into alternative currencies. The dollar is the world's top reserve currency. Analysts say using it as a financial weapon is likely to accelerate a move already underway by many countries to diversify. Oh, I've spread that twice. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so the dollar is basically people are already moving away from it. But now analysts are saying uh, that they this is going to accelerate things. This seems a bit extreme. But the question is, could this impact inflation? What do you think? If you believe if you believe it will, what can you do about it? Please leave a comment below. Please let me know how you feel about this. Uh, I'm not going to not talk about it just because, you know, this thing is going on. But at the end of the day, this show is about risk and adoption of crypto. So I'm going to analyze everything that needs to be analyzed. Now, I believe that hedging with Bitcoin and maybe other cryptocurrencies is a smart play. Now, this is not financial advice. I do it, but not necessarily exclusively for the reason to hedge. I also believe in the technology. I think it's super awesome. I want, like I've said many times before, I want to be able to trade my my Starbucks rewards and my Delta Sky Miles for, or my Starbucks rewards and my Audible credits. And I know you all have heard, if you listen before me complain about Audible, I had a subscription and my Audible credits that they told me they were going to expire. Not if they were tokenized, you couldn't just take them away, especially if I moved them into another wallet. I guess you could deactivate them, but that's another story. So point is, I'd like to be able to like own my digital assets and trade them out for other things as I see fit because they are mine. I paid for them. Now, um, so the added benefit of being a crypto investor is a, I have a potential inflation hedge. I could be wrong and lose all my money. This is not financial advice. What are your thoughts? Let me know by leaving a comment below. This is a lot of information and I want to hear from you and, uh, you know, Coinbase, are you, what do you think about the EU stuff? You know, them wanting to have all this extra information for surveillance. It sounds like a little excessive and it's treating the current financial system differently than it is treating the crypto financial system. Do you think that this is okay? Do you think that this is acceptable? Will you sit aside and let this happen without voicing your opinion? And what was my other story? The hack. What do you think about the hack? Is that just some information you need to process and you have something to say? Do you have any sort of corrections for me? Please leave a comment below. And what are you doing about inflation? I want to hear from you. Please leave a comment below. If you're listening on podcast, please give me five stars and follow me. Let me just turn this story on. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the subscribe button, ring the bell. It helps support the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. Have a good day. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Hot along.